to Monorant at the Movies, a podcast where we rant about our favourite cult and lesser-known films, with the occasional completely unrelated tangent. I'm one of your hosts and jack-of-all-trades Mono, and ready to kill your loved ones for a fee is my co-host and master of none, Kira. Give me all the money. <laughs> all the money! Give it to me. Nah. Grab your paddle and get ready to fight those dissidents, because we're ranting 2011's Juan of the Dead. This zombie comedy has definitely got a political bite to it, which apparently gave us some unlikely bedfellows, Kira. I, number one, no pun, pun, no, bad, 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 money in the jar. Oh no, podcastings and puns go hand in hand. Yeah, no, money in the jar. No, not happening. But yeah, we have some unlikely bedfellows. Who? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. What? This has an 83% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Uh, 6.4 on IMDb and 64% uh, audience score on IMDb. Is that because they have to read subtitles? I think it's purely because there's a political undertone to it. But yeah, it's set in Cuba. But like, that's it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but like, remember one of the, well, probably the Bunraku rant I was given out because uh, but the standards that they hold genre films to. That they have to yeah. have, you know, this massive deep meaning. They can't just be a fun action romp or a fun sci-fi romp and, and get a high rating. This one, pretty much, apart from the political stuff, is just a fun zombie romp. But yeah. no, there's a little bit of political stuff in there, so all the critics went fucking apeshit, and we're like, ugh, 83%. Yeah, all the political stuff in it is the fact that they refer to the zombies as dissidents, which is amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there, there is the whole undertone running through it. Of, yeah, it's of Cuba. Cuba. not changing, and, uh, no, and like... <laughs> Like, that's the joke about Cuba. Like, you, you're talking about Cuba? Cuba's stuck in the 1950s, like, because of all the sanctions and stuff. But, well, yeah, but it's just, uh, to me, it just it just kind of proves that I was right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it proves that I was right. And this that, is a point of pride, is it? Well, no, I just, I, I think that, that critics can be a bit, well, like, mainstream critics can be a bit stuck up when it comes to their reviews of genre films, sci-fi, horror, that kind of thing. I, it's, it, you're never going to get, like, an got... unbiased review, though. That's oh, I know. People, like, will have it. So when you go on to the, like, that's probably why it's so high, it's because you've gotten all the critics' reviews from who do sci-fi and all of that sort of thing, whereas IMDb is any old Joe like us who's just, like, whittling on. Mm. So that is going to skew it as well. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why Bunraku got slated on, on Rotten Tomatoes is because there is no subtext. There's no deeper meaning. It's it's just what you see on screen. And, but, and critics don't like that shit. I, oh, I'm going to hurt. I'm going to piss off a lot of people now. Wes Anderson films. Yeah, well. I'm, I'm like, they're, they, they all look the same. They're yeah. all basically the same characters. I've seen a couple of them. I couldn't tell you which ones I've watched. Again, this is just personal preference, but I, yeah, oh, yeah. They get, he gets all of this acclaim and like, oh my God, the new man, like, I'm sorry, it's just not for me. Yeah. Um, you know, but because they have like this huge critical fucking like wankery going on around them, yep. people think they're amazing and they go to see them. And it, yep. that, that annoys me because yep. then people dismiss smaller films or more niche genre films as not being as good. Oh, definitely. It's like it's like the, the whole, like, I read comic books, so people are like, oh my god, you read comic books, read a book. I read books as well. Like, I fucking eat books. I just bought myself a new e-reader after killing yet another one. Yep. And people look down on it because I read comic books as well, because they think it's not as int- like intellectual. Or... Oh, yeah, every, every, every form of media has its own snobbery. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, and and that's it, basically what happened with this. Well, well, this kind of eats its way in because of snobbery, because it has this political undertone. Yeah. But uh, enough shitting on critics, I suppose. I mean, yeah, we can't get an episode out without giving out about critics, it, it would seem. So, yeah, let's, let's dive into a summary then. 
Petty criminal and full-time slacker Juan forms an unconventional crew of exterminators so he can make a quick book off Cuba's new undead dissidents. But after rescuing his estranged daughter, Juan must face his and his country's inability to change. Yeah. I went a bit hallmark at the end there with that summary. Yeah, just toss. But that's kind of it. It's Yeah, it's, it's one of the dead. Um... Not to be derivative um, or, or like dismissive of it, it's Cuban Shaun of the Dead. Better than Shaun but, of the Dead. Yeah, I well, I, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd go so far as to say it is certainly to me. But yeah, I think that's just because I can see myself in this. Like literally, <laughs> every every character in this, I know somebody like that, or I am that person. And I was like, that's literally what we would do in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the, 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 we definitely knew a knew a one character who would mo- have monetized this. Oh yeah, like I mean, I, my my character notes as they are. Yeah. Um, I have no notes for any of the characters. I just have their names because yeah. I. I'm not good at taking notes. Let's face it. Like this, <laughs> this show isn't Mano's well curated notes. No, <laughs> but the one note well, that I, I do still have, have your college notes, and most of them are just scribbles on the side of handouts. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> hey, look. I mean, if it's if it's not in the handout, it's probably not worth knowing. <laughs> um, but yeah, the only note I have for any of the characters for Juan is Cuban Bren, and yeah. unless you knew where my Bren, that will mean nothing to you. Yeah. But yeah, no, it probably says more about us that we identify with the petty criminals in the zombie apocalypse. Than hey, the... he's resourceful. He's a hardworking guy. He's oh, got to yeah. put some rum on the table. <laughs> and hey, it's Cuba. It is Cuba. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sticking with the Shaun of the Dead comparison is probably a good way to, to jump into the characters as well. Well, because you've got Juan, who is a bit of a geezer. Everybody knows somebody like him. And if you don't, you know somebody who does know one. He's the guy who can get you anything, no questions asked, yep. on either side. I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, if you're his mate, he'll give you the shirt off his back. Yeah. He's a grafter. He's a bit dodgy. But he's Juan's a, a good guy. Yeah he's, yeah, he's doing his thing. He's getting along. He's not trying to hurt anybody. Well, plenty of dissidents. Physically, <laughs> more than they can take. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, everybody knows somebody like it or, you know, is aware of somebody like Juan. Yeah, but where Sean is manager of a, a small computer electronics store chain, Juan is... Was he the manager? I think our middle manager, our supervisor, some kind of, because he's doing his team meeting thing at the start. Are you sure you're not mixing that up with black books? Uh, no They want to take my hair. No, no, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, it's, been, it's been actually been a good while since I watched On the Dead. Now. The last time we watched On the Dead was the drive-in movie. With oh, the fuck, haunted that was house. ages ago. Yeah. That was ages ago. But yeah, it, where that's John Juan is, what, impromptu leader of a, a, a loose gang of, I'm a loose association sure he, of petty criminals. I'm pretty sure he doesn't even live in that building. He just lives on the roof of that building. No, yeah, but nobody seems to mind. No, and yeah, <laughs> nobody seems to mind. And in um, fairness, would you get in the, that elevator in that building, considering it gets <laughs> stuck between floors? It, it seems that two of our other main characters live on the roof with him. That being his best mate, Lazaro. He, he's the Cuban Nick Frost. Yeah, he's the Cuban but Nick Frost. But far more violent if you owe him money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> also, his wetsuit does not fit him yeah. at all. And instead, and do of, not give him a harpoon gun. <laughs> instead of estranged ex lover, estranged ex lover, we have a strange daughter of Juan. Yes, and so in, who's been living in Spain with her mother. Yeah. Instead of Sean's mum, we have Juan's best friend's son in California. California, who's just 
fucking fantastic. California is a grafter. How many cameras did he get off them zombies? Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, he was out there doing what he was doing, and he even gives out to them, because he's like, I'm working. <laughs> but I like, one of the things that I really liked about Vladdy is that as much as... Yeah, he's Vladdy California. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, the name, because he is, he's introduced as California. And then and he's Vladdy as much he's as he's He's the eye candy of the film. Oh yeah, he's, he's a pretty very boy. Lovely. He's a pretty boy. He's very, very but lovely looking. I like <laughs> how as much as the daughter is the catalyst for change in Juan, Vladdy seems to be as well. Yeah. Because he, he sees himself in Vladdy. He's like, No, you you're telling Lazaro at the start, like, you know, you don't Oh, want when him he's to watching grow. on them through the, the telescope and yeah. then he tells him to go and sort out his son and when he checks back on the telescope. Lazarus walking up to him with a baseball bat. And you think something horrible is going to happen, but then then you see the glove. Look at the ball, and he's like, Come play ball with me, son. Yeah, what's the like early 20s? Oh, yeah, I'd say, yeah, early to mid 20s. But yeah, no, the Vladdy's great. Uh, Camilla's fun. That's Juan's daughter. Yeah, uh, she's a little bit whiny. She's a little bit like, you're like this country. and it, well, I, it, it, There's a, a whole like a load of unresolved whatever going on, mm. which is nice because you know it for, from the get-go, there's a whole history going on there. Yeah, and, and the actress, I'm not... I, I'm going to say this right now. I'm not going to bother with any of the actors or actresses' names because I will butcher them all. If you want to know, look it up on IMDb and figure it out yourself. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> and that's actress, all I have to say on that's that. That's all I have to say about that. The actress who plays Camilla, she really carries the dad-daughter stuff well. Yeah. I don't think she particularly sells or the movie particularly sells when they try and make her a bit badass towards the end of the film. Yeah, Does, that's kind of... It doesn't, doesn't really quite, sell it. It's a little bit like, and you're going to be annoyed at me about this, it's a little bit like Selma Blair in fucking Hellboy. She can't quite... Why would I be annoyed about that? Because you're quite... I don't know. I, I have to say, I don't know. No, no, Selma Blair's character in Hellboy is a bit meh. Like, she's trying to... She's like, oh, I'm all bad and evil, but you're not. You're Selma Blair. <laughs> yeah, no, it Some is... people just can't do it. Yeah, and no, I, 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 it was probably more the film didn't sell yeah. it because up but to that's the, really what it, it gave me though yeah. was a bit like that where it just fell short. Yeah, because up to that point she has just been it's just been the dad daughter stuff. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they come back later on in the film and they think there's peril and she shows up and kicks some ass and it's just like where did that come from? Yeah, that was unnecessary. But then we have our most fun characters in China. Ah, uh, China and El Primo. I, mean, I didn't even know he had a name. It's only as I only caught it being mentioned once in the film. Because he's just this beast of a human. He's a massive bloke. Yeah. Like he's like he is a big, big guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's a tank. <laughs> is is what China's enforcer, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I'm gonna assume so. And China is a bit on the stereotypical side, but yeah, yeah, just a little bit, just a bit stereotypically gay. But I, I still found China really fun. China's brilliant, and I, I don't know. I like. I'm not gay. Gay people tell me was was that a really shitty representation, or is China actually kind of fun? Because I thought China, China was, was fun. really fun because China's super super dramatic. Yeah, and and if we're talking, but about at the same time, is like. It, it, oh, China's that kind of gay that's like, yo, oh, I don't know what I'm saying, hang on. It's like camp, but not trying to be, like, uh, not a drag queen. I saw actually there was a review I was reading where they referred to China as being a drag, and I was like, 
China's on a drag. In fact, there's a there's a point in the film where Juan calls him a girl or a girly, and he's like, uh, "Excuse me, we're standing here right naked, and you can see what a specimen of a man I am, yeah. or something to that effect." China just likes to wear ladies' clothing, and that's okay. But well, it's, it's just tight, revealing clothing. Yeah, that China it is wears. very tight. It's, it's very tight. <laughs> very tight and very revealing. Yeah. But yeah, China's fun, and El Primo is fun, and he's. Quite fun, because he spends most of his time in the movie alternating between looking angry and, and intimidating, looking sick of China's bullshit, or being passed out because he can't stand the sight of blood. Being blindfolded and being like, three o'clock punch! Three o'clock punch! Up in the air! It's brilliant. And then you've got China, it's got um, a slingshot with a ball be- with ball bearings, like it's nasty. Yeah. But also, I had not thought about that as a zombie device. I think it is in the zombie survival no, the main, guide. The main zombie killing weapons in this are quite fun, and with the exception of the machete and the baseball bat, are not things you see often. Yeah, they're not atypical You've zombie got, mashing things. Uh, a hammer, okay, fair enough. And it's nice too because it's a little ball pin hammer, so it's like really small impact. Yeah, well. you've got China's gah. Um, <laughs> it is a gah. Oh, I'm sorry, China's little jump. Yeah. El Primo's just running around, bare-knuckling it. Yeah, just ripping heads off. Well, in fairness, he's blindfolded, so all he can do is rip heads off. Couple of ninja stare deaths. Yeah, couple um, of harpoon deaths. <laughs> a couple of, yeah, harpoon gun deaths and quite a few or paddles to the head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's fun. But yeah, that's pretty much all of our main characters. Yeah. It's it, not a huge cast, it's like five or six, six main characters, really. It doesn't really need to be. It's a group of people. It's a, a, an unlikely band trying to survive and make some money. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not Which even is basically to... just trying to survive. Yeah, they're not even trying to survive. It's just like going through the motions a lot like I, I know yeah it's in, another day in Shaun of the Dead it is all about like kind of the repetition of, of daily life and not noticing yeah. the change in this it's more like well this is this is just a, another shit thing like that we've got to survive because Juan yeah. lists off all the stuff he survived and he's like he, he survived at was it Angola he says he survived the Mariel boat lift the Angola yeah. conflict the special period and, and the, the thing, thing that, that came happened after. To- and, and I learned a little bit of Cuban history because of that, because the Marielle boat I lift. had to go look it up. Oh, I had to look I, them all up. <laughs> I have no idea about I had like, to look modern them all history up. is not, not my thing, really. No, I, I, I don't know much in the way of Cuban history. And unfortunately, I found out just before that we were recording that Mark from 100 Things Pod has both seen this film and spent time in Cuba, at least like holidayed there. So yeah. we'll probably have a bit more to add in the way of Cuban history. But yeah. as for me, I have the uh, opening paragraphs of each of the things. <laughs> but yeah, as it were, they are, the, the Mario Boatlift was a mass immigration to the States of Haitians and Cubans from a port that's called Marielle. Oh, okay. The Angolan conflict was a Cuban intervention in the Angolan Civil War in the 70s. Oh, okay. Which was Angola... What, was its... America too busy to go invading somewhere? Oh, no, it was a proxy war. America... or Sorry, um, Angola... So Cuba its... didn't really want to get involved? They were kind of prodded in that general direction? I read the first paragraph. Come oh, on. Okay. <laughs> Like I'm trying to seem knowledgeable here. Don't 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 poke holes in it straight away. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was they they had gained independence from Portugal, I think, and uh, as soon as they gained independence, much like we did, decided to have a civil war. Yes, and it, it kind of became a communist 
versus the, the 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 West proxy war between the US and South Africa on one side and Cuba and Russia on the other side. So Cuba sent in a bunch of troops to that. That's oh, that's a bit of a geographical nightmare of war. Oh, uh, so many of the proxy wars were though. Like, gee, yeah. Well, so basically, it was Cuba and Angola were having a go at each other. Well, no, Ang- but realistically, Angola- America and Russia were the ones having a go at each other. Angola and Angola were having a go at each, each other, <laughs> backed by um, America and Russia, and then Cuba decided to insert itself. I I just read the first paragraph. Okay. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my head around a proxy war. That 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 go to Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> Because the special period was basically a recession that happened in Cuba in the 90s following the collapse of the USSR. Yeah. Uh, and lasted till roughly 2000. And I couldn't find any references to the thing that came after. Even at all. in the history, yeah, there's not really much. Because um, that was how I ended up. I ended up having to go and look up Guantanamo Bay as that well. That was, yeah. I thought, was it maybe something to do with 9 11 and Guantanamo Bay being in Cuba? But they've had but that since like the 70s, and the Cubans don't recognize it as being. Oh, yeah, it was 18 something or other. Like 1903 when they signed the agreement that they could yeah, set up but, five naval bases in but Cuba, Cuba, but the only the, one they set up was Guantanamo. But and Cubans. They, view it as an illegal settlement. Yeah, because something in 1934 politics, blah. Uh, (laughs) Like I said, first paragraph. The wording in the documents (laughs) used is is basically void. Like, I mean, I could could sit here and read entire Wikipedia articles to people, but that's not what we're here for. (laughs) But no, it was cool because I I genuinely didn't know much about Cuba and I learned little as it was, I did learn a little bit more about Cuba. Yeah. But yeah, no, Juan is is the survivor character. And I like that there is kind of a parallel drawn between him and the country throughout. Yeah. And Camilla has that line about, you're just like this country. You'll never change. Yeah, things happen to you, but you never change. And that's very much how the people seem to be viewing this zombie crisis is as, uh, it's another thing that's happening to Cuba, but Cuba's going to stay the same. Yeah, Cuba's going to Cuba. And it's illustrated really, really well in that scene later on where they're all stripped naked and bundled into the back of a van. (laughs) and I don't want to give away much about that scene but that really illustrates the some things change the more things change the more they stay the same aspect of Cuba really really well yeah because they don't even protest that they're like okay fine yeah and then specifically what's said in the truck yes but I said I don't want to don't want to go into it because it's kind of spoilery but they do there's there's really nice things like that that both work as as world building for it when they go to the landlady's house, the the lady who calls them that yeah. has been no no oh no sorry you're one who's been she was there like oh and how many rooms do you rent yeah and she says four but I only declare two you know how it is yeah. and it was like yes everybody is on the take <laughs> yeah uh, and also apparently Cubans don't like Spaniards is what I got from this as well yeah the, I, I was unaware of this and yeah, I, I was fascinated by it because I'm always fascinated when countries don't like each other because of, obviously of, of Irish history yeah <laughs> like yeah like we, we don't like the English and the English don't know that the English the English have a rivalry with the Germans and the Germans are like what no we have a rivalry with the Dutch. Yeah, we're not your yeah. It's so, like um what was it? The the Spanish flu was named by the English because they the Spain was the enemy at the time? No, the Spanish disease being syphilis. Ah and in like that yeah, in it's Germany germ- it's called the Dutch disease yeah, and yeah. so on and so forth. But yeah, because because from what what I got from this film and that one specific scene is the Cuban stereotype of Spaniards is sex crazed cheapskates. <laughs> 
That is very because much the, the, yeah. There's way more Spaniards there. Like, there's a line about how, oh, you know how it is with Spaniards when there's one, there's more. And they don't like to be alone. And she says she has two in the room. And then about 15 come downstairs and there's like two or three of them in like fucking S&M gear. Yeah, there's some leather daddy stuff going uh, on. Yes. Again. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Cuban stereotype of, of Spanish people seems to be sex crazed cheapskates. And I'm all for it. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking yeah, hilarious. Yeah, as, as the country who is, are, you know, Small drunk people, stereotypically. Yeah, it's nice to see other countries have stereotypes. Yes, but yeah, no, I really like the way that the the, the kind of sense of the world that's built around it and the human world rather than the zombie world. Yeah, I like Havana is very much like when I think of Cuba, I think of Havana, and they did film in Havana, mm. so it is an incredibly beautiful city of all this kind of like crumbling decadence. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, there's a term for it. Uh, I can't think of what it is. But yeah, no, it is. It's 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 a really really cool looking city. Um, it is beautiful, and they don't really do anything to to take away from the beauty of the city. And you've got like um, Cuba to me is always that mix of like the old 1950s cars, and there's a great bit when they're giving out about the ladders. Oh, that, that's fucking hilarious! Yeah, um, you know, and that's all very much represented. Represented, but it's not done in a way of like, oh yeah, look, you can tell that we're here. It's just this is Cuba, and this is the way and this it is, is. Yeah, this is where it is. Like, yeah, and it's very like bits of it are very art- artfully shot, like almost as if they were documentary style. I really, I really like that the, the, the visual style of this movie. Yeah, the the writer director. Uh, Alejandro uh, Brujas perhaps I don't know I'm sorry uh, he did a really good job I really really enjoyed this film I, I really like the, the visual style of it I really like the comedy in it I love the gore in it yeah um, for an extremely gory film a lot of cutaways yeah um, I'd say partly maybe to do with budget restrictions that they, yeah they, it's easier to they, hide things yeah but they do it really well because they like they'll they show do have like, bits where they have like close ups like there's a bit where um, El Primo rips off a zombie's jaw oh yeah and that's what I mean they, when they focus in they do a really good job on the zombies and the gore and th- they do that because when they're doing the wide shots they don't have like everybody in zombie gear it's only like a few people and everybody else is just in disheveled clothes with dirt on their faces yeah just <laughs> and and even some of the early zombies like when they transform they just look pale yeah so, they just like, look they, a bit dead yeah so they've, they've saved on things that way and then when they do go in for the close up shots and you get the things like the, the, the decapitations and the jaws getting ripped off the gore is fantastic well it's more a month into it because you get the initial kind of outbreak yeah and then they set up one of the dead we kill your loved ones yep and then it cuts to like a month later and that's yeah, we, when you get the, the zombies are all starting to kind of lie around and look more shrunken and things like that mm. and there's the brilliant bit where it's like oh we forgot about your big titted neighbour oh. <laughs> he's like oh Yulia because she's like hanging out a window like trying to eat yeah. a bird or something because the zombies are getting a bit desperate at that point there's bits where they seem to be kind of at that point they're like just starving. lying around and lethargic until yeah. there's something worth going for kind but of thing but they've started to get the really hollowed in mm. faces that they're starting to look a bit manky and like they're cooking out there yeah no the, there's definitely attention to detail paid in in the smaller parts of this film across the board like yeah. not just individuals but in in things like that like well hang on we're a month in now yeah they're starting to look a bit wrecked things like there's bits of them the ones that have had damage done are really looking yeah even to the dodgy 
even to the point that you picked up as the there's a bunch of TV inserts which are brilliant in and of themselves. Oh, that poor that reporter! Are like the government media reports about what's going on, and they're constantly referring to the zombies as dissidents sent by the U.S. Yeah, to insurgents sent to by the U.S. The economy. But as as each news report goes along, your man looks more and more disheveled, and, and the ties getting looser, and and then he gets unfortunately. He, yeah, he he does he gets chomped on. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't actually we haven't really talked story elements yet. I, yeah, well, but it's just it's them yeah, trying it's, to get on with their lives in the midst of a zombie apocalypse. Maybe make a couple of quid. Yeah, <laughs> can you blame them? What else are they gonna do? It's not exactly like they can flee. They tried the fleeing thing. Everybody tried the fleeing thing. <laughs> yeah, and when even when one of the main characters tries to flee. There's a line about what and stay here for another fifty years of this shit, yeah. <laughs> with the implication being, oh well, it's just going to be another change. We're just going to have to deal with it. And it's just more, more yeah. of the same shit. But yeah, they they aren't trying to leave for mo- well for most of the film. They aren't trying to leave, which is no, they're just trying to get on with life and <laughs> yeah. like. Like they, in fairness, it's not a grift because they are providing a service. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're actually doing a decent... Uh, they even, like, have a disposal option. They, they do. don't just kill them and leave them there. They will, you know, dispose of them for a fee. <laughs> yeah. But they are providing a service, so... Yeah, can't fault them on that one. Yeah. In it's fact, they're working harder than they ever have. This is true. And it is a service <laughs> to the community. Oh, and speaking of community, I love how I, um, at the start there's a, a community meeting. Oh, outside the revolutionary headquarters? Yeah. Is that it? I think so, yeah. And Juan and his band of miscreants have their own little meeting because it's the perfect place. Yeah, everyone, well, presumably under communism, there was, there was probably a ban on illegal gatherings like we had here, which is why we play hurling on the Sunday. Yep. But. There's even a line about when your man Mario is a zombie and they talk about how zombies are dissidents and they're like, Mario is no dissident. That's a big pussy squealer if ever I saw one. So obviously, yeah, there's still this attitude of, oh, well, they weren't at the town meeting. Better go and tell somebody. Yeah. You know, it's it's squealers and dissidents. It's it's party men and, you know, it's for or against <laughs> in everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that just like that little clever bit of, no, we're going to have our, our crime meeting at the town meeting. Well, everyone else is going to be there and be weird if you didn't and everyone yep. else has stood in their own little groups having little chats and then when they're talking about some of the people that eight car radios were stolen yeah. and the look goes around the group and China's like what? <laughs> yeah. He's like you don't shit on your own yeah, doorstep. Yeah and Juan's only protest is that you don't shit on your own doorstep. <laughs> yeah. Good advice. Oh yeah definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but I have to say it's a film that's just full of charm. For me. It is. It's very it's really, really fun. I read a bunch of different reviews for it because there's not a lot of information on IMDB or on Wikipedia or just background information to try and find. And a lot of the interviews kind of gave out about like the characters weren't very likable and I was like, What the fuck is wrong with you? The characters are great. Yeah, they're, like, they're horrible people. It's yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean Well they're not horrible. They like, are they're, horrible. Yeah, Lazaro they... killed Kills okay, the guy Lazaro- just because he knows he can get away with it because it's a zombie outbreak. Yeah, I know. And he owed him money. But, That's the important thing. Is he but I still owed like him them. money. <laughs> I still like them. But 
There is. No, there's definitely a charm to the characters and there's a charm to the visual style as well and the kind of the sense of humour. I really I really dug the jokes in this. Yeah. And that was something that I found And I, I'd be interested to see because the copy we have is subtitled. I'd be interested to see the dubbed to see if that translates over because a lot of the time the dubbed versions of things are terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I'd be I'd be interested to talk to a native Spanish speaker as well because there's a couple of jokes that I'd I'm be, pretty sure we don't get. Yeah, that we don't get and that was something that I did see in some of the reviews where they were bitching about the comedy were like oh maybe it's only funny to Spanish or Cuban people and I was like no it's a fucking funny film yeah like there's a few gags that I was a bit like oh okay what but most of the rest of the gags land and yeah. for me anyway they definitely landed there's one at the end that uh, I, I kind of I don't know where I sit in it I think it, it's one of the best gags but is very very niche no very homophobic but it's it's a weird one because I don't think the intention is to be homophobic, but they use the F slur twice in the scene. Yeah, I, do, I think that might just be a really bad translation. And that's the other thing is why I'd like to talk to a, a Spanish speaker is to because, know, is, yeah. is did they use the Spanish equivalent of the F slur there? Yeah. Or is it because the, the joke is that one of... The or are they actually using it in the original meaning of the word, which is a cut of meat? I doubt it. It's a, a, that That is, is actually <laughs> a particular cut of meat as I well. Know. Because you used to be able to order it in um, a little pub near where my dad grew up. <laughs> of course it was in England <laughs> yeah it's because one of the main characters thinks he's got a zombie bite and thinks he's gonna die and in, in a kind of flip of that the, the I love of, I'm sorry but that little sequence where they're just sat out on the wall and that's, with it panning over is so sweet yeah and that's the thing is like it's just it's two best mates sitting when one thinks that they're about to die and yeah. the other one is gonna have to kill them so they don't turn into a zombie and the one who thinks he's going to die decides to play one last joke on his mate, that which is, is that he's always loved him. And like, he, no, 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 no. He loves him. Yeah, and that he wants to give him a blowjob before he dies. And it's purely, I feel it's purely played as a, I am fucking with my best friend yeah. before I die here. Yeah. It's not meant to be homophobic, but... When Speaking of our mate that Juan is very, very close to, yeah. who unfortunately did pass away a few years back, but in the, the run-up to his death, his favourite phrase was, I have cancer. Oh yeah, he was getting people to do everything for him. <laughs> Be like, you know, like, just even complete inane Make shit. Make a cup of like, tea. No, no I like, have cancer. Yeah, like, pass me the remote. Bren, it's like right beside you. All you have to do is lean forward. But I have cancer. Yeah, it's that, it's very much, that's what I got from that, is it's that. It's I'm going to milk this for all it's worth. I'm going to fuck with you over it. Yeah. And like, I am dying. Do this thing for me. It's, it's not because he thinks that, it, you know, being gay is the worst thing in the world. No. And it's it's purely he, to fuck with him. And yeah, I, I take that reading from it that it's purely to fuck with him. But then when he's making fun of him and it's like, ah, oh, you know, you yeah, you definitely wanted it. You you wanted me to take your man meat. Yeah. He uses the F slur there, and I'm like, because otherwise it to me it doesn't seem homophobic, yeah. but when that, that word comes up on screen in in yeah. the, the subtitles, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. And then it's used about two or three minutes later when the same character gets smashed in the face with an oar and he's like, oh, you motherfucker, you... Yeah, yeah I don't know and if it's a translation thing or not. I'm hoping it is that just that that's the closest kind of word it can translate into because yeah, it could be like a coverall like percolate or, you know... Because Chinese... Untranslatable curses. 
Yeah, because China's description, or China's like how China is presented is one thing. Yeah. But yeah, using the the F slur is pretty much yeah unforgivable in, in, in my book. But yeah, and I just it, it spoils what to me is an otherwise hilarious scene. But oh no no no! It's not as funny as when they all get in the car and nobody gets in the driver's seat because that's none a of great them can drive. <laughs> that's a great gag. No, I think I think the best the best gag in it is. <laughs> And I won't say anything more than it, but the best gag in it is the badass fake out. Oh, yes. The badass fake out is fucking brilliant. Yeah. I'm, um, uh, I can I just say I was delighted. At it? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We can t- no, talk about no. how much you loved it. Just don't t- say what happens. Yeah, because <laughs> you want, at this point, you want them to kind of scrap their way through themselves without... Yeah, and it's it's kind of, it's at that point in the film where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is around the time you'd introduce that kind of character. And, yeah. And, yeah, it's just, it's, it's masterfully done. It made me done. really, really happy. It made me so happy. And uh, the character itself, Padre Jones. Oh, he's a bit intense. He's a bit intense. The accent, I could not fucking get with the accent. I had no idea. He's the only English-speaking character in the movie. Yeah, but the accent's all over the place. The socks and the sandals also made me think he was German for a little bit. The accent was like South Africa by way of France and Portugal. But with a stop off in like the Caribbean, it's fucking bizarre. And also with false teeth a size too big in your mouth. Yeah, um, chewing on the word. <coughs> it's a he's a Spanish actor, so English isn't his first language. So I don't know. I don't know if it was an intentional choice or what, but his accent is weird. But the guy is fucking brilliant. Yes. <laughs> and he comes with a brain dead reference, or if you're American, a dead alive reference, because he has one line that says, "If this is the Lord's plan for me." Then I shall kick ass for the Lord. Yes. Which is pretty much line for line from Brain Dead and the ass kicking priest. <laughs> Took me a while to catch that one. I was like, I know that line. I know that line. But you know, I think the comedy in this is great. It is. Oh, and there's so many little references in there when they're talking about what movie is it they're talking about? And they're like, oh, this one. Oh, Scarface. Or this? Scarface. Scarface. And, oh, Pacino or Mooney, I think. And so he's like, oh, I feel just like Scarface. Oh, Pacino or Mooney. And Lazaro's response is Rocco Sofredi. Yeah. <laughs> and then you discovered that there was a officially sanctioned porn parody of Scarface. Also, I also discovered that Rocco Sofredi is running for political office, which, yeah. Also, it's it's not just actors now, it's porn stars running for office. It's Italy. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> In fairness, he's not going around wearing a bandana to hide his hair plugs. Yeah, and and having <laughs> sex parties with underage girls. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bonus, I suppose. He beats uh, what's yeah. that? What's that? I can't even remember what Brutus that nut job was. Was it? Was that Brenda Scowney with the the pirate? Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I, if it's not, I'll I'll come back later on and edit in the correct name for you. What was he? The prime minister? The president? Prime minister. Prime minister. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Ber- well at the moment. Yeah, Silvio Berlusconi. There yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, his IMDb or his uh, photo is not great because the, the hair plugs hadn't grown in at the time. It's just as well I warned about unrelated tangents at the start of this podcast. Yeah, but away from Silvio Berlusconi and back to this film. Yeah, no, the comedy is fantastic about it. It is. I think that there is kind of a charm to it as well. 
and especially to some of the characters. I love the stuff between the little old lady of the building, Yia, and oh, Juan at the start. Oh, Yia. Poor sweet old Yia. Especially when she's like, now don't you take advantage of me when you're helping me and in this elevator. And square on the button pushes her. And there it is. And she calls she is about taking it. her life into her hands. The elevator does not go up to the fucking floor. It opens halfway and she's only like four foot nine. Yeah. She's a little old lady. And he's got to help her out with her groceries. So he literally has to give her like a heap, like a boost up. Yeah, gives her a boost up. And then like kind of just pushes her across the, fl- out onto the floor. Like yeah. it's, and she's like, no, you touched my mum. And he's, he's like, I, I couldn't can't, help myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's she's really so sweet. sweet. And then when she calls him later on when everything's kind of starting and she's like, oh no. That's one of my favourite scenes in the whole film actually. Rogelio? Rogelio. Rogelio. She's like, he's dead. dead. And she's like, he was complaining all day and I just ignored him because he complains all the time. Yeah. And they're like, no, he's not dead. He was just asleep. Yeah, and he when he comes back around and... Oh, when they're trying to work out what he is. Yeah, they've established that he's... He's, he's something. Well, he, he's he's suffered uh, what should be a fatal wound and has not fallen down or died. And they're like, what is he? And Laddie's like, vampire? And, and the No, you don't even see it. It just cuts back straight away to, to Raelio <laughs> and he's got this like... What what is it when there's like a whole bunch of clothes of garlic together? Yeah, it's all like plaited together. Yeah, and he's got just got one of those shoved in his mouth and they stake him once and nothing happens and they stake him another like three times and nothing happens. But the fact that Rogelio looks down at the stakes and then looks at them and tries to go for them yeah. again. So then they're like, oh wait, what if he's possessed? So they grab a, a crucifix and <laughs> start like... Doing just doing a, a made up on the spot exorcist chant. <laughs> They're like, that's not a prayer. He's like, I don't know any prayers. What the hell would you say? And I just, I love this aspect of trying to figure out what the fuck this it thing is. is. Yeah. Like, is it a vampire? No, is it? <laughs> and then when they set up on the roof and they have a whole lot of people and they're trying to like pull their knowledge and that's where Gina shows up and is like, if you destroy the head or they don't like it. A- oh, if you cause severe, severe brain, brain trauma, <laughs> it, it kills them. Yeah, it like stops at them, basically. When, yeah, the two lads are trying to give a class about zombie killing, but they're basically using it to get information. They're like, now, has anybody noticed that there are different types of zombies? And somebody's like, oh yeah, there's some fast ones and slow ones. Yes, yes, there are. Now, does anybody know why that is? And nobody does. And he's like, damn, I really wanted to know that one. <laughs> <laughs> but when they call, they call back kind of to the the scene when they're trying to figure out what Virgilio is yeah. later on with the, the badass character and Juan is asking him trying to ask him in English like what are, what are these things and he's like oh yeah they? because none of them speak English and he's like hi how are you my name it is Juan <laughs> would you like a beer cigarette <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah when he's trying he's like well, you know outside arr, arr, what are they and he lists off the things he's like vampire, uh, ghoul, uh, demonis, and he's like dissidente. And the last thing he says is lobster. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck are they? Yeah, because they've seen them in the water as well. That's actually brilliant. When they're everybody's fleeing. Yes. And they have the shot down from the water and you can just see them all walking along the bottom. Yeah, that, and a, it is supposed to be, as far as I know, a direct nod because there are a few, obviously, Romero to, nods. Yeah. And that one's supposed to be a nod to, I can never remember the name of it. It's an Italian zombie director from the 70s. We have it in there. It's the zombie versus shark one. Yes. That, that in America, it's called zombie versus shark. I can't remember we what have, it's called. We have in, like a, a box set of his work. It's an Italian director. Yeah, we have three or insane. four of his. But yeah, that, that's supposed to be a direct reference yeah. to the zombie versus shark. But that 
that is that is lovely that little that, that shot, little shot. Oh, when he put them, when they're on like their little raft thing yeah they they the, the three or four tires which is fucking ingenious oh never mind that poor fucking Sarah getting whipped around <laughs> in the water <laughs> and nobody Brilliant. notices but the, that when she they stick their head down and you can just see them all these like because the water's quite clear and you can just see these shadows going across the bottom yeah no <laughs> they're like oh shit they did they had a, a three million dollar budget and they I think used they, it really they made well. a really really good job using it there is one or two dodgy CG shots but um, I'll allow it but yeah, no, but there's literally only... I'll allow it because there are movies with bigger budgets and shitter CG. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I'll allow oh, it. definitely. And <laughs> and it's it's only like, I think there's only literally two shots that I can think of where I was like, oh, that looks a bit meh. Yeah. And If I'm right, big. they're both explosion shots, they like are. background explosion shots. And explosions are one of those things that, unless it's done live... Or unless you... Stargate. <laughs> Cough later, that was Stargate. Yeah. Bigger... Bigger, which is just a cap full of petrol going. Woof. But yeah, um, you, unless they never look right. Yeah, unless, and unless you're spending a shitload of money on CG, unless you're blowing up a model, which is how they look good. Yeah, Independence um, Day. But apart from that, you know, it it they they use the budget really well because there is there's a lot of like you you mentioned there's cutaways from things. Yeah. So like you see. At one point, I think you see a, a, cop, a bike cop skidding towards a crashed ambulance. Yeah. And it kind of cuts away. And then you get the, the aftermath. Yeah, the camera's following Juan walking along. And he sees this and the camera continues to walk and you hear the explosion and they, see one or two bits of debris. They and stage they show, things really well. So yeah. like when Rogelio comes back first and Juan's fighting him, he tends to be... You get to see Juan's reaction more and you kind of can see that he's trying to bite at him. Yeah. But his back is to the camera. So mm. you're not focused on the face. And it's the same. There's another uh, incident later on where he ends up handcuffed to a zombie. Oh, the dance fight. And it's done as like a tango. It's, it's brilliant. fucking brilliant. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was going to bring that up because I was like, fuck, I nearly forgot to mention that. That's one of my other but favorite bits. It's brilliant as well because you're so busy watching Juan be terrified and also spinning this person around the room yeah. in a fabulous fashion. Yeah, yeah. But hampered by obviously having a handcuff that you don't really mind the fact that they're just kind of painted grey. Yeah. And I said when <laughs> when they want when they want to show you Hagrid zombies and, they do and it fun quite gore, well. they do it quite well. So I'm I'm okay with that. Like to me that's just a good use of your budget and your your constraints and what you have. Yeah. And I'd rather see that than hundreds and hundreds of shitty looking zombies. I'd far rather see Alien a bunch three. of Yeah, we keep coming back to that. <laughs> but I'd far I'd far rather see small bits done well yes. than than a whole lot of stuff done crappily. And and for me, I think the biggest example of that ever I come across is Mutant Chronicles. Uh-huh. Has one amazing. Oh, they blew their load they, in the first ten minutes, and they must have shot it chronologically and done everything chronologically because they paid off all the big names in the first they, ten yeah, minutes. They blew their load on the CG in the first ten minutes, and it looks it looks passable. And then the rest of the film, the CG is just utter garbage, which is a shame because garbage. I think if the whole film had been the quality of the first one, now I love Mutant oh, Chronicles. Because. Fuck, and I discovered that that was written by, I forgot to say it in the podcast, that was written by, fuck, uh, one of the writers of one of the other films we watched, either Crying Freeman. No, we did mention Mutant or, Chronicles, though. No, we mentioned Mutant Chronicles, but I did not mention that the guy who wrote either Bun Raccoon, probably Bun Raccoon, in fairness. Wrote Mutant Chronicles, wrote yeah, it's, Mutant got, Chronicles it's got well. Ron Perlman in it. 
as well. Yeah, uh, but we, we might get around to that because as as terrible as I don't film know is, if I'm able to watch that. It's a once a decade watch, in fairness, by the time I get over it. Yeah, and do you want me to upset you? Well, it's yeah, been we about haven't... a decade since we watched it's, it. Yeah, it's over a decade oh, since we watched God. it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God, that means it's time to watch The Human Centipede again. Yeah, oh, we should definitely do The Human Centipede. Oh, I don't know. No, just the first one. Okay. Just the first one. The other two do not exist to me. I can't spell Chronicle. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but <laughs> they, yeah, they. Chronicle. Mitch Hunter. Mitch Hunter. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Thomas Jane's character. Oh, for God's sake! I thought no, because it's directed by Simon Hunter. God, the what? Get me the one bit of information that I want, please. Uh, Event Horizon. Philip Eisner wrote. Fuck! It was the them. event. Yeah. Shit. Oh yeah, that's right. I was really surprised by it because I was like, I love Event Horizon. I fucking love Event Horizon. And that guy wrote fucking Mutant Chronicles. What the ever loving shit. He also shit. wrote Firestarter 2 Rekindled, which sounds about as terrible. In fairness, Event Horizon was the first thing he wrote. He wrote that in 1997 and then Mutant Chronicles he wrote in 2008. So I'm not going to hold the fact that he wrote the script against him because we all know the script writers don't really have much to do. Sometimes. Well, uh, uh, yeah, too, just because he, he has a credit doesn't necessarily mean it's it's what he wrote entirely. Yeah. But, yeah, no, this, this film definitely made really good use of his budget as opposed to that film. Yeah. Is there anything else that, that you definitely want to talk about before we, we start to wrap things up? Um, they just, some of the throwaway lines in it. There are, sorry, there are some great throwaway lines. Your dad's a sodomite. And they, they come back to that later on. There's a throwaway line at the start about your dad. He said, tells a kid, this kid comes up to him and is like, oh, my dad's better than you. Who's your dad? And he points at this guy across the street who's big and buff and running this like illegal card game. And he's like, oh, well, your dad's a sodomite. The kid's like, what's that? It's a type of mineral. Yeah. <laughs> but they call back to that then excellently later on. And I didn't actually pick that up straight away the first time we watched it, like years back. All the TV stuff is great as well. The two little TV clips going in just of the progression and the fact that the country is steadfastly holding on to the notion that this is dissidents and it's all the US's fault. Yeah, yeah. And the people on the ground don't really care. And I... It's, it's not like it's a massive spoiler or anything, but I like how the last TV broadcast, when, when shit goes down and the government is still trying to say, oh, no, you know, look, we're some one on, but things are, are starting to come under control now. And uh, your man gets, then he gets eaten. eaten by zombies. <laughs> and that's the point where they're like, right, okay, fuck, it's time to get out. Because if the government can't even keep up the pretense of the lie that everything is okay anymore, things are really <laughs> fucked. Yeah. I, I like that, that that's the final kind of shock of, oh, fuck, right, well. Well, the government's fucked up. Yep. Yeah, and I, I really like the, it's not a shaky cam, but the kind of shaky cam walk where, when he goes to get Camilla is done really well. Oh, That's when we yeah. see a lot of like the aftermath of, of stuff being portrayed really well. Oh, when they all, because they all go down to a protest and that's when they realise things aren't entirely okay yeah. <laughs> and that's when he leaves to go and get Camilla, which is very sweet because his first thought is to get his daughter while California and fucking Lazaro are out looting everything. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah. I uh, Sometimes Lazaro's, Lazar, or Lazaro? Yeah, Lazaro. Yeah. His response to things, like when they're the old man in the wheelchair who's getting attacked and they're like, go help the old man. And there, <laughs> so yeah, sorry, the old man bit is brilliant, but there was something that I, you, you just reminded me of there. Did you, Is Lazaro supposed to have a stutter or like some kind of... Because there's that one bit there's where he's bit, like, don't shout at me and it's never... Yeah, he's I like, get don't shout stuck. at me or I'll get stuck. 
And he's like, this building is big and I don't want to get lost or something along those lines. And there's another bit where Bond starts to get just... angry with him and he, he doesn't say anything, but you can see it in him. He starts to get uncomfortable. And yeah, I feel like they were trying to, like Lazarus got like a, a, either a stutter or, or some kind of thing like Bond that. Bond looks where, after him. Where, if, yeah, if he gets put under a lot of pressure, he doesn't know what to do and he panics and he can't function and he has a bit of a, like a proper a panic or an anxiety yeah. attack type thing. I don't know. I, I didn't really... But you picked up on it as well, though. Yeah, because there was the one bit where he's like, no, I'll get stuck, I'll get stuck. But then it never really is mentioned again. Yeah, so see, there's I one small bit later on that I thought could have been... Thought it was, I was like, oh, okay, maybe there's something I'm missing because I'm dealing with subtitles. And yeah, like you said, maybe it is, like you said, maybe... There could be something like the way he's pronouncing things could be off and we don't know because we don't speak Spanish. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, they don't have any stutters come up on screen, yeah. but in Spanish he might be as he's talking, yeah. And and yeah, and maybe there is there might be a cutscene somewhere where he does say something about like, oh, you know, hey, you always took care of me or whatever. They, yeah. don't, they don't talk an awful lot about their past in this. No. With the exception of maybe when Camilla and Vladdy are reminiscing about what their oh, dads used oh, to do can, to them when they were, we not just, to them, but. Oh, all the scams that they made them pull. I'm yeah. sorry, but Juan had the best. When he's number one, he threatens California. California when he brings his daughter because she's in her like early twenties and she's rather attractive. Yeah, and they're two very good-looking young people, and and it's the end of the world. And he it tells Vladdy that he'll like rip his balls off. Yeah, and he just turns around to Camilla and goes, "He has herpes." Yeah, watch out for this guy. He's got herpes. And she's like, <laughs> "No!" Yeah. I was like, "That is just." Mwah. I love that is parenting. <laughs> you know when they're doing their like zombie killing class, yeah, and they they get to the, like all right, you know, let's actually do some zombie killing. And Juan throws a ninja star and gets a zombie right in the eye. Yeah, and this little old woman just goes Ernestico and collapses. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have and like Juan, four or five of them that they've rounded up. Yeah, they're so chained up. And Juan just Juan turns to Lazaro and he's like, "I thought I told you to make sure you got no relatives for target practice." <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, like that. How was that not a funny gag? Who who would... Uh, that was that fucking hilarious, hilarious to me. hilarious, yeah. I also am like, how did you not notice up until this point? Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's a really funny film. I think parts... It, it's really charming. I've, I've said a few times. Yeah. Not particularly, like, scary. It's not a horror comedy by any means. It's no more scary than Shaun the Dead or Zombieland or any other zombie comedy. No. But the zombies are done well. I think the zombies are done really yeah. well. The only thing that I would maybe kind of neg- have to say negative about it, apart from the kind of the dodgy CGI that I mentioned and Preacher Jones's or Padre Jones's accent, is this bit montage heavy. Well, yeah, there's three montages, but they are kind of fun too. One of them is they're all zombie killing montages. Well, one, well, is, one a is a bit of an building... montage. Yeah, the zombie killing ones I don't mind because they were actually yeah, really fun. They were very entertaining. No, the the story is a bit loose feeling. I almost, it, it just it kind of just plods from one scene to the next, and it doesn't feel like it knows where it's going. Yeah, things just kind of happen, that, and they react, and then they just continue going on about their day. Yeah, and I mean, part of that might be intentional because that's there's that whole theme running throughout it of things happening to people and places, but no actual real, you yeah. know, noticeable change affecting 
no change is affected. But I, I still... except that bo- that wall of uh, rum bottle, empty rum bottles got higher. Yeah, that that definitely got built up. <laughs> it's mulatto rum as well, which I I was on the box and was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, where where Shaun of the Dead's story feels tight and it feels like this is you know what I mean? It's chopped. That's that also be- very Ed, very much Edgar Wright style. Is oh, it very, is yeah, very tight and quick and and boom, 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 boom. That's why I say the the story just feels a bit loose to me. It's not that it's it's a bad story or a bad narrative or anything. It just the way it it, it progresses from scene to scene just feels a bit haphazard to me. Somebody wanted they it's they wanted to make a zombie film and they weren't a hundred percent on what they wanted to do. Yeah, because the story the story is a zombie epic happens and then they set up this business of one of the dead we kill your loved ones we and get a montage of that we get a montage of, the, of that happening and then it's time to escape Cuba and it's like it just it feels like it just they didn't, off yeah they didn't really focus it feels like the meat of the movie should be them going around killing a bunch of zombies and getting paid for it but we really only see one full scene of them operating as one and of the then dead they and then to, a montage yeah and then they have to you know search the house because she gets killed and yeah, then even without his money, get the money up front <laughs> yeah. and on the back. And then after that, they go waiting for the bus. Yeah, and we get that whole thing. And yeah, it just the way it just kind of drifts around. Yeah, and bit. I mean, I still, I still really, really enjoy it. That would just be if I had any a major criticism, it would be that the story does feel a bit loose. But I still, I love the characters. I love the comedy. I love everything else. But that's almost it. kind of like the way they are as well. That they're that's the criticism of of Juan is that he's never committed well, himself to anything. That's what it says. That it, so until he makes a concrete decision, the, the story it just yeah. kind of drifts. And as I said, I, like I said, that could have been an intentional choice. Yeah, it's but it just his it, inability. If it was an intentional choice, it didn't come across well enough because it did just feel like the movie didn't really know where it wanted to go. Yeah. As opposed to it feeling like a deliberate choice, like say, like the comparisons between Juan and Cuba, which are supposed to be obvious. Yeah. I saw a few people having a moan as well that the film was like, oh, well, because it's so anti-Cuba, it's obviously very pro-capitalist. And it's like, I don't think the film was like anti-Cuba or anti-socialist. No, so it much was as it more was a commentary on the state of it. It's like us watching fucking anything Irish-based. Yeah, I think it, it's just, it's not saying that like, oh, Castro bad, socialism bad, Cuba bad, and capitalism good, America good. Because one of the last lines of the film, or sorry, one of the lines of the film when he's talking about leaving and going, they're like, where will we go? And he's like, somebody says Miami. And he's like, anywhere, but Miami if we have to. And then he says, fuck, capitalism will take its toll on us in the end. Yeah. The last thing Juan wants to do is go and fucking take up the capitalist lifestyle. Yeah. And in fact, without giving away any spoilers, in the ending, it's very clear Juan has not given up on Cuba. No. And Juan is not willing to give up on Cuba. So I don't know where, as it was just one particular review, this person got the idea that it was a very pro-capitalist, anti-Cuba film. I was like, no, it's not anti-Cuba. It's, it's no- anti pro-capitalism going on in there at all. It ju- it's because the film I don't takes think they swipes... buy a single fucking thing. They rob everything. Yeah, because because the film takes swipes at Castro's government and at, at that kind of, you know, the secret police knock at the door, the, yeah. the, you know, the squealers and, and things staying the same. If it was That's made not... by an American, maybe, but it's an Argentinian director. Yeah, and it's a Spanish-Cuban production. Yeah, that was allowed to film in Havana. So, I do, yeah, it's I, the film, it, I don't think it's anti-socialist or even anti-communist. Well, I think the film is anti-totalitarian is anti totalitarian regimes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Castro's regime was entirely that, but it definitely had its issues. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like um, I said, it's a recognition of how the normal people feel as well. Because a yeah. lot of the times when you get these like big, like sweeping anti whatever type of government it is statements, it's always like somebody high up in the government. It's always tends to be a political based you know, mm. like thriller or something like that. This is just normal people being like, oh, well, fuck it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> You know, things don't change. This is our life. It doesn't matter what's going on at the top and who's running it. Yeah. This is what happens to us. Yeah, so I thought that was a weird take on it. Uh, I definitely didn't get, get an, an anti-Cuba take on the film, to be honest with you. But yeah, no, honestly, I thought it was a really fantastic film. Really charming, really sweet, really funny. One or two issues, as I said. Anything you disliked about it? Um, not really. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it thoroughly for exactly what it is, which is a damn good time and a good laugh. Yeah. Oh, and the only other disappointing thing is perhaps that's not actually Lazaro's testicles and penis hanging out of his shorts. No. It's a prosthetic. Yeah, because them shorts were quite long. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. That and nice everyone's just like, oh, God, God no. <laughs> no, put the... Put your, put your knee back down. <laughs> Just whoop, there they are. Not unlike us to end on a dick joke, really, is it? No. <laughs> but yeah, that was Juan of the Dead. If you've seen it, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you haven't, and, and we didn't, you know, make it sound like a rambling mess, uh, <laughs> go check it out. No, it is. It's a really, really fun film. Really well worth a watch. Like like we think, like any of the films yeah. we review, it's well worth a watch. And it's like, a fun, ho- it's a good Halloween film. It's a good laugh. It's, it's a, good it's a sit good, down with a bunch of friends yeah. and, and, and watch it. You don't have to take it too seriously. Like, you don't have to pay... Well, you have to pay attention because subtitles. I suppose you could find a dubbed version, but fuck dubbed versions. They're never the right. No, I'd always rather see subtitled versions uh, because they tend to be closer to the actual... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Dubbed versions are acceptable when they're 1960s Asian action films. Oh, is there and any other? Is there any other way? <laughs> is there any other that, way? That that is the only acceptable one, and that is just because the face and the voice not matching up is is brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah. Like well, I mean, yeah. Wayne's World. Oh, for that yeah. gag. But yeah, no, definitely. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um, I don't think it, it got a, a small tour of the the film festival circuit, and then it got released straight to DVD uh, a few months later. So yeah, this is one I think that definitely deserves all yeah, praise. It might be a attention. bit of a search for because I actually did because we actually have a copy of it. I didn't look to see if it's up on anything. Yeah, and and a shame to admit I don't even have this on DVD. No, this is a really old rip copy. This is actually off a really old rip copy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, we don't pirate stuff. No, 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 terrible. We never if, pirate if anything. If you if you remember Limewire, you know how dangerous that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, we're lucky that we didn't get Rocco Sofredi's Scarface when we tried to download this. That would have been acceptable. There has been some dodgy. I remember trying to download songs off Limewire and getting some horrible, horrible things. Oh yeah, just it was it was a gamble. <laughs> it was a gamble. It's like, will this be the song or will this kill my computer? Yeah, it was the lime wire roulette. Will this be the episode of the thing that I want or will it be porn? There's or, a ninety nine percent chance that it's going to be porn. Or will it kill my computer and I'll have to admit to my parents that I broke the family PC. So I tried to end when we made a dick joke and then we, we ended up just getting right back around to porn pretty quickly. So yeah. <laughs> let's 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 call it a day. Okay. But guys, if you want to listen to our old episodes and you haven't already, hell, if you have and you want to listen to them again, go for it. You can find us on... We don't make much more sense second time round. Uh, no, we don't. As somebody who listens back to these things three or four times during the edit, we don't make much more sense I don't at listen all. to them at all. No, you don't hard. listen to fucking anything. <laughs> I just 
ramble and it's out there. Yeah, you're like, but that's my part done. You know, as soon as as soon as I, I I stop the record, you're done with the podcast. Yeah. I sit down, I listen back to it, I edit it, I listen to it again, I maybe do another little small edit, I listen to it one last time before I upload it. Then I, I write the synopsis, then I go on Twitter and I do all then you just sit there going Yep, I did my bit. Yeah. <laughs> I did my bit. I rambled. <laughs> but if you'd like to come on Twitter and give me some more things to do, you can find us at Rance Mono. You can find us on Instagram at monorants underscore the underscore boys. And you can send us your own rants to monorantspodcast at gmail.com. And like I say, you can check out our old episodes for Monorants at the Movies. Or if you're into your superhero TV shows, you can check out Monorants the Boys too. Whew, that was this is getting longer and longer every time. Yeah. <laughs> Alright guys, until next week. Bye bye. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the funny science fiction podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Monorats. We are one core level two podcast. This is sci-fi.